Hi, this is Sarit Schwetzer, and welcome to the It Is Taught podcast, a podcast devoted to the teachings of Rabbi Schneir Zalman of Liadi, as recorded in his most famous work, the Tanya. My hope for this show is to make these teachings accessible and relatable to the average person, regardless of prior Jewish education or affiliation. The episodes follow the prescribed daily study portions and are meant to serve as practical lessons in how to live your life as your true self and develop an authentic and powerful relationship with your creator. I have personally experienced the effects the study of this work has had on me, and I'm excited to share what I can of this knowledge with you. So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 457 for the first of Adar in a regular year. First of all, happy Rosh Chodesh today. Today is day two of Rosh Chodesh Adar, the month of joy, gladness. So I wish you all a month of joy in a revealed way, uh, a month of gladness, celebration. Perm is coming up, so it should be a good month for all of you. So today we're going to be beginning our conversation by looking at a, a, a very famous folklore that most likely most of you are familiar with, adapted by Hans Christian Andersen, entitled The Emperor's New Clothes. So to me, this this uh, tale, The Emperor's New Clothes, is really one of the most deepest and relevant fairy tales or folk tales, whatever you want to call it, that it just you know resonates with so much uh, in so many areas of life. So the basic, just to recap the story for those of you who might need that little recap. So there was this town where there was an emperor and the emperor really prided himself on his wearing really lavish and expensive clothing. And he would hire like the most expensive tailors to make really outlandish clothing for him that nobody else could afford, nobody else could wear, and this is what he did. And one day, two swindlers came to town and they decided they wanted to trick the emperor. And they told the emperor that they had a special skill that they could make a, uh, a suit for the emperor that was so amazing that it would actually be invisible to anybody who was stupid or incompetent. So this emperor, being proud as he was, decided to take them up on this offer and he had them begin to start making the suit. And every so often he would send in officials to check up on their progress and how they were making the suit. And the officials would go in and, you know, being embarrassed and not wanting to declare that they were stupid or incompetent, each one of the officials would say that they saw the suit and that they saw the progress and that it looked great. They didn't want to admit that they didn't, they didn't actually see any suit at all because there was no suit. And this happened for quite a while, for months on end, until finally the tailors or the supposed tailors declared that the suit was actually ready now for the emperor to wear. And so the emperor decided to make this like huge celebration where he was going to wear the suit and walk around town in this amazing suit. And, uh, and so he began to do this and all of the townsfolk were really kind of cringing and embarrassed, but they too did not want to admit that the, um, that all they saw was the emperor walking naked down the street because uh, they wa- didn't want to declare themselves as stupid, stupid or incompetent. So everybody went along with this ploy, you know, kind of either to appease the emperor or to not show their own apparent stupidity or incompetence, uh, you know, and... Um, and then all of a sudden, in the middle of the pro- uh, procession, a little kid, a little boy, screamed out and pointed at the emperor and said, 
hey, he's not wearing any clothes. He's totally naked. And this broke everything down and everybody, you know, then, you know, the emperor lost all respect and everybody realized what was going on. But the emperor actually decided in his pride, he just kept on walking and he kept up the show. Uh, so I think this is really just such a, such a telling story about so much of life, so many things that that happen in life where people often just go along. I think it's, you know, this mass mentality. People just go along with things because they don't want to appear stupid. They don't want to appear incompetent. They don't want to appear ignorant. So they'll just go along with some things sometimes that really deep down their own common sense, their own like, uh, intuition, we can call it, is telling them that it's wrong, but nevertheless, they'll just go with it anyways. Another really profound example that comes to mind for me is something, is a scene from a documentary that I watched quite a while ago called Dear Pyongyang. And it's it's actually a fascinating and quite tragic documentary about North Korea. About it's basically it's uh, it was put together by this woman who is living in Japan, but she her father is a was a, a staunch communist and a, a staunch supporter of the North Korean government, which actually believe it or not is actually more common than one might think for a lot of Koreans living in Japan where they're sort of given this like second class status in Japan. So for Koreans living in Japan, they kind of feel like, you know, uh, homeless in a way. Like they don't, they can't feel this nationalism towards Korea because the Koreans don't really accept them fully. So they want to feel a sense of pride and nationalism. So they direct it towards North Korea, uh, even though North Korea, as we all know, is this horrible, corrupt communist country. And so this, her father, the documentarian's father takes this so so far that he actually sends his sons to live in North Korea and to, you know, support North Korea. And it's a horrible decision, but he is so wrapped up. He's so wrapped up in this. We can see the emperor's new clothes in this case that he totally until the very end of the documentary where he kind of wakes up a little bit. He refuses to see to uh, to uh, grasp the fact that that this North Korea is not this utopian place to live. And in fact, like he goes so far as, you know, his his sons that live in North Korea, they can't actually live on their own. They can't, they're, they're, it's, it's such a poverty stricken country that actually they're lucky enough that their family back in, uh, in Japan is able to send them supplies and food and clothing and stuff like that. And that's how they're able to support themselves. And the father just like remains willfully ignorant of this whole thing. Like he, he's sending supplies to his sons but at the same time he doesn't um he doesn't acknowledge what's going on that he's the one that's supp that's supplying his sons with these with life and it's not the north korean government where this really comes to a pinnacle is in this really tragic scene where he actually goes to visit north korea and he holds this like big i think it was like a birthday party or something like that that he, and it's really lavish with a lot of food and stuff like that and it's all paid for by the father who has you know a job in in japan but he gives the speech and in the speech he starts praising the north korean government and Kim Jong-il, who was the dictator at the time, saying, you know, thank you to our beloved homeland and for our beloved uh, leader for supplying us with all this food and uh, and this amazing party, which is so crazy, right? Because it's not, he, he himself is paying for the whole party, but he's saying that the government is paying for the party. So it's like this weird cognitive dissonance that really is reminiscent of this emperor's new clothes idea to me that it's everybody can see that the emperor is not wearing any clothing, but everybody's going along with this facade. And the only way to really break through the facade is just to not give up on truth. And just like that little boy who, you know, seeing the procession screamed out, 
and said, you know, he doesn't, he's he's so young. He doesn't even know about pride. Just calling it like it is that this emperor is not wearing any clothes guys or, you know, in the documentary, the daughter, as much as she respects her father, she just like really, you know, she, she kind of, uh, uh, confronts him in a very direct way like hello like you know do you see what's going on do you see what you're doing to your sons and he eventually does uh, sadly you know on his on his deathbed or close to his deathbed he he kind of relents and he he acknowledges that he might have made a mistake or that maybe or that yes he he did make a mistake so how does this relate to tanya so if you've been following along these past few episodes um then we've come to see that there are enemies from without for sure like you know dictators of north korea uh or uh, emperors that are just obsessed with their own pride and things like that but we also have em- enemies from within we have forces within ourselves that try to push us and motivate us to go against our inner deepest will which is the will of god uh so the way that the tanya likens this to is the two souls that we have within ourselves we have the animal soul and then we have the godly soul and our purpose in life is really to try to really battle against the animal soul and not let it take reign over our, over our behaviors that's what it means to be a bainani it doesn't mean to ever eradicate the animal because that's impossible for the vast majority of us or even to transform the animal to be on our side because that's also not really realistic for the vast majority of us uh that's the realm of tzaddikim however what we can do is we can subdue it we can put it in its place and we can call it out for what it really is just like the child in the emperor's new clothes said hey guys this guy's not wearing any clothes wake up we can do the same thing and that's what today's episode is really all about is calling out the animal soul the evil inclination for what it is and this is really just following along with what we've been discussing in the past few episodes just this idea of it's it's kind of like this rude awakening that you know we have these cravings for things that are not really in line with what god wants then you know don't pretend don't try to indulge them and pretend that this is really you this is not the real you this is not the deepest you this is not your higher self uh you are not the saint you know you are a person with flaws and with flawed desires flawed um impulses and you got to call it out as it is and that's what today's episode is really all about is acknowledging and calling out these this evil within ourselves this negativity within ourselves for what it is and when we do that as we'll see at the conclusion of today's episode then that actually exposes it for what it is and it can actually make it visible to our eyes that our perception actually can line up with it when we don't get caught up in this mass mentality this mass frenzy like the people i can only imagine in the story of the emperor's new clothes um i could imagine that some people as weird as that sounds if this was a real story actually saw clothing on the emperor they physically would see the clothing on the emperor because you know um belief is a really strong thing and when you tell yourself something over and over and over it starts to become your reality even if it's totally not true just like again the man in the in the north korean documentary really he truly saw uh you know that this is what he saw he saw he was like as he was bringing food putting the food and the clothing in the in the mail for his sons he like literally saw that this was being done by the Korean government as as absurd as that sounds so we need to change our perception and the way that we change our perception is by calling out the delusions as they are and calling out the fact that these negative impulses are are, are negative they are they're not coming from a good place and they are not good and we squash them down so with that being said let's get into the text and see how the ultra uh explains this 
So uh, for context, again, we are in the middle, still in the middle of chapter nine, 29 of Likutamar. So the Altrava begins by today by telling us that the more a person really takes the time to think about these things, to meditate upon these things, so what, what things, the, thing, the ideas that we've been speaking about in the past couple of episodes, how it is that we are not Tzadikim, how it is that like just acknowledging our flawed humanity, our flawed existence, uh, the way, little ways that we that we sin, or maybe that we've sinned in the past, or even you know looking at our dreams we ended off with yesterday. So really, just giving us different tools to help uh, humble ourselves and break our hearts, really to become heartbroken towards God. So the altar of says today, the more a person takes the time to really think about these things and meditate upon these things, and also to learn about these things to cause their heart to break in their mess and to become really lowly in their eyes like in utmost like despicable like really starts to really get disgusted with themselves basically and to really be disgusted with their lives then with this with this like disgust this self-loathing that a person will feel is actually going to cause this uh loathing of the Sitra Akhra and this like degradation of the Sitra Akhra. So like it causes this like spiritual degradation of the Sitra Akhra, of the, of the bigger force of the other side. And it actually brings it down into the dirt and brings it down from its greatness and from its place of like uh, coarseness and haughtiness where it's making itself like this force of evil, this force of the Sitra Akhra makes itself higher than as if it's greater than the light of the holiness of the godly soul and it conceals its light so basically what the altar is saying here the reason why it is a good idea for us to really work on ourselves to come to this level of self-loathing is because when we really feel this like disgust towards our animal self and towards our bodies in this way, this causes an effect on a high in a more spiritual sense and it shoots down this higher spiritual coarseness that conceals the godliness from the world in general. So just like our animal soul conceals the light of our godly soul, this causes uh, this sitra akhra, this this like spiritual negative force conceals the godly force from the world. Like it's like as it makes itself greater, just like darkness covers up light. And then the altar of it goes on and he says that not only that, not only should we feel this like kind kind of like despicableness and this like loathing towards the towards the animal soul in this way, but we should also feel a sense of anger towards it. And the altar of cites the Gemara in Brachos, page 5a, which uh, to support this idea, which says that a person should always have their Yetzir Tov, their good inclination, be angry against their negative inclination. And what this means is that we should really, really feel this like anger towards our animal soul, which is the evil inclination with a strong voice of anger in our minds to say to it, you are bad, you are an evil thing, and you are... Uh, despicable and loathsome and lowly and all kinds of different kind of names like this like really call it names because these are names that our sages actually gave to it and what why are we yelling at it in this way like what are we actually saying to it why is it so loathsome because we're saying until when will you hide the light of god from me that is that fills all the world and is and was and is and will be in equal measure so it's like we're saying basically we know intellectually that god is everywhere and 
even in this place that I am, God is here now, just the same way that he was. The, his light was here the same way that he was before he created the world without any difference. And as it says that I am God and I didn't change and he's above time and God's here now. So it's like we're making this like a strong acknowledgement of the fact that we know that God is true and we know that God is real and that God is everywhere and nevertheless, and that God is unchanging, but nevertheless, what is causing us not to see this and what is hiding its light from us? It is this stupid animal soul, this stupid yet hard that we have within us, this negative impulse. And so we start to get angry about it and we start to say like, go away like this is you're so annoying get away you're you're causing this me not to see the truth and we start we really start to arouse this anger against it so going back to the analogy of the emperor's new clothes it's like once you know once the townsfolk realized that they were being lied to realized that uh you know that like wake up the emperor is not wearing any clothes then just imagine the anger that they're going to feel like that they've been deceived that they've been lied to that this whole t time they've been told that something is real and and uh, worthy and precious when it's really not when it's nothing at all. So that's that's sort of the the mentality that the ultra rabbit is trying to get us to uh, get into here. And then the ultra rabbit concludes and he says that through getting into this mentality, through this, when we really you know uh, start to meditate upon all of this, then this will actually aid in the illumination of the eyes of the godly soul, uh, where. It will come to be that that uh, the godly soul would be able to see the godly, the infinite light with physical, uh, tangible eyes, not just in a way of hearing and understanding, like not just like, okay, yes, I know this theoretically, but uh, this is actually going to be something that that the person can actually perceive truly with their eyes. And the Altar Rebbe concludes today, and he says that this is actually the root, this 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 work of trying to see through the uh, the falsehood is the root of all service, of all service of God. So it's a really profound message. So that's the end of the section for today. So just to bring it back to the Emperor's New Clothes is it's really all about really acknowledging the fact that the Emperor is not wearing any clothes, waking up from the days and, uh, and you know, shaking yourself and saying, hello, the emperor is not wearing any new clothes. Can't you see it? And the more we say that to ourselves, the more we will really see that the emperor is indeed not wearing any clothes. So when we, you know, when we acknowledge these impulses for what they are, and we acknowledge that they really are not and nothing, they're not, they're not, they're not real. They look really alluring, these temptations that we have, but they're actually just falsehoods and distractions. The more we realize that they're just distractions, the more we can get upset at the fact that they're distracting us from the true reality and uh, we can actually break through them and they can become less distracting. They can lose their allure. It's like waking up to the scam, to the, you know, when you realize that you've been scammed and, and you have this wake up call, then it's, you, you're no longer attracted, drawn to the scam anymore. So that's the end of the section for today. And we're going to continue along these lines tomorrow when we get deeper into this topic. Uh, so stay tuned and I will speak to you then. Thanks for listening to the It Is Top podcast hosted by Sarit Switzer. This podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather, Avraham Yitzhak ben Binyamin Cohen of Blessed Memory. Music by Shoshana. If you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show, please share it with others and subscribe on YouTube, Apple iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And make sure to leave us a five-star review. To find out more about the It Is Top project, including more information on my soon-to-be-published book, please visit our website, itistaught.com. To catch the latest from me, follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. 
looking forward to speaking with you tomorrow. And until then, have a great day.